to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Ashley. In this week's episode, we'll be interviewing our good friend and author, Colette Rhodes. Her works include the Three Bears duet, Run Riot, and the Deadly Dragons duet, among others. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. Welcome, Colette. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. So nice to talk to you. I know, other than just being like friends on the internet. Yeah, this is like real life. You have real voices. <laughs> I feel like I've listened to your... I know you and like, Ash talk all the time. Yeah, I feel like I've listened to your show so much that I'm going to be like like weird and over familiar because I just feel like we're friends already <laughs> that's good we want people <laughs> to feel that way and in on all the banter I've heard it all <laughs> <laughs> we do have some good banter at times so sorry that this was like more of a spur of the moment episode <laughs> where we were like hey do you want to record with us this Saturday but Sunday because you're in the future yeah it's fine. I'm in lockdown. I've got nothing going on. <laughs> it's nice to talk to someone I'm <laughs> really not frees related up your to. Schedule. Yeah. It's like a nice someone treat. I'm not related to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just stir crazy with children's shows. Oh my gosh, so much. We're one month in. I can do this. I'm not allowed to complain because we've had it so good in New Zealand. So, don't let me complain. <laughs> How long was it for us here, Sam? Like. In terms of what, specifically? But like, when we were, like, semi-locked down. Like, I mean, like, we could I mean, still, like, go to stores and stuff like that, but... Yeah, like, when it was, like, travel only if it's, like, an emergency or to, like, a uh, needed job or whatever. Yeah, and, like, was, restaurants like, were closed. That's where we're like, at right now. Five months? Yeah. Four months? Somewhere around there. I just but need takeout. If America, I can have takeout, I'll be fine. People in America can't follow directions, nor do they <laughs> care about, like, doing things for the greater good. So, I mean, you guys should be totally fine. should be, like, a quick yeah. little thing. We've done this before. Hopefully we can get rid of it again. We're in an island, so it's like makes it a lot easier. I want to go to New Zealand. Come visit. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we will. Let's put that on the list, Sam. <laughs> Yes, with all my additional funds. Let's book that flight. All the money that we not that far. All the money that we make from doing this podcast, <laughs> which is nothing. Yes. The zero dollars. It's a passion project. That it is. <laughs> um, and I do want to just take a minute to wish Sam a happy thirtieth birthday. Um, Yay. We love you so much, and just welcome to the Dirty 30 Club. I'm glad that your 30-year-old crick in your neck is feeling better. <laughs> just, just amazing things to come. All right, we ready to jump into questions with Colette? Absolutely. Are you ready, Colette? I hope so. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> just freeze up and panic. All right, so I'm going to start us off with some of my questions. Mm -hmm. First off, I would like to know, I love how much you develop your characters and build relationships between, especially your female main characters and the harem, And but you still have a lot of plot and movement throughout your books. How do you find that balance between character development and plot? Uh, very intentionally. <laughs> Because I definitely enjoy writing the relationship stuff a lot. Like, if mm -hmm. I don't sit down and plot out the book or the series, we would just end up with them, like, lying in bed, being cute for 300 pages. <laughs> and I have to be fine with that. <laughs> so I have to be quite diligent with plotting. I can't just write off the cuff kind of thing. Yes. I feel like you really do a nice job of balancing it out. I feel, I feel the same that if... Obviously, I'm not the writer of this podcast. That would be <laughs> Ashley. But I feel like if I were to get into writing, it would just be, like, all fluff all the time. Like, I wouldn't want to put my characters through any conflict at all. Like, let's just be happy. Everyone be happy. And Everyone have a nice better. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I just like having them flirt <laughs> all the time and, like, that sexual chemistry. I just want to write that, like, the whole time. But it's, 
not like the best story arc. So <laughs> <laughs> do have to chuck some blood in there as well. I mean, I don't know. Oh I would gosh. probably read that type of stuff. <laughs> like 300 pages of cuddling and being adorable. I mean, if there's lots of, you know, good sexy times, I think it could work. Yeah, totally. Uh, noted. <laughs> <laughs> Future project. All right. Uh, so every character you write is pretty flawed. Like we look at Rhea being really uh, impulsive. We have <laughs> like <laughs> so many of your female main characters coming across as like damaged and like not being able to communicate well or going through trauma. Is this a choice that you've made intentionally when writing? Yeah, 100 percent. Um, I mean, like, we're just, everyone's flawed kind of thing. So from a realism perspective, I like them to feel like real people kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, it's nice watching happy, attractive people get together without any drama. Like, it's, it's, like, warm and fuzzy, I guess, but get a lot of satisfaction when they're kind of, like, jagged edges coming together and figuring out how they fit with one another. That's a challenge I really enjoy. I like digging into their motivations and seeing what makes them tick. <laughs> yeah, that definitely comes through in your books. Like, like I said in the last episode, every single one of your books has made me cry. So <laughs> I, <love> I that. <laughs> feel that um, that satisfactory ending of after like all the emotional turmoil of them finally being able to like tell one another their fears and like communicate freely and openly. It's always very satisfying. I love that. I love a really well-deserved happily ever after. Like, I, like, work for it. And probably, like, a bit of a safe yeah. or something. Make them all, like, really miserable. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I was literally in our group chat the other day. I was just talking about how one of the other series I was reading, I just feel like, overall, a lot of the endings that that author writes aren't satisfying. I mean, you could, have, I feel- wrote, you could have said who it was, Sam. <laughs> I'll talk, I'll talk more about it when we go over what we read this week. But it's funny because after I made that comment, Ash, I was l- reading the author's note at the end of the series. And it's obvious that like that has been a common complaint with her series because she talks about the fact that some people might not find the ending to be satisfying. And I'm like, you're right. I didn't. I mean, this particular author, there's really only one of their series that I could get into and I mean I, I liked the ending but like did I want more after I read it like obviously but yeah it I feel like it's an art to make a really satisfying yeah. ending and I feel like I mean, all, you know all of your books are that way Colette that you just wrap <laughs> everything up nicely I definitely have people that are like like I kind of I like the build-up, so I kind of lose interest a little bit when they're together. I don't write really long bits where they're, like, happy as a general rule. <laughs> like the term was. So I know that people would like if I wrote more of just, like, them being happy together. But those are what extended epilogues and bonus scenes are for. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so this obviously is a question specific to your Three Bears duet and the Little Red Riding Hood retelling that you're in the middle of writing right now Mm -hmm. for book two, but what inspired you to do reverse harem uh, fairy tale retellings, and do you feel more pressure with these books since they are based on stories everyone knows? (laughs) I feel like like this should be a deep answer, and it's actually like a really ridiculous answer. (laughs) (laughs) My good friend and alpha reader lucy sent me a meme back in january it's it's pretty terrible it's a picture of a bear reading a book over a guy's shoulder and it says something like read the part again where she burns her whole mouth on my porridge so she sent me this (laughs) terrible meme and i made a joke about writing a bratty goldilocks like that was it we just laughed about it and that was it and then like two days later i just was still thinking about it it's like i'll just like write a little bit of it and I mean, from my experiences, I feel like that's how it is. You like get this idea and you're like, oh, I'm just going to write this little tiny bit of it or like, <laughs> I'm just going to start going with this. And then it's like, you have like a page of words written just from that one little idea. Yeah. And so I wrote a little bit and it's like, it was pretty out of my wheelhouse, to be honest. Most of my female characters are not as messy as <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> um, yes, very messy she's a very messy person but I don't know like I was just in a silly mood and I wanted to write something kind of silly so that is where it all came from and 
I guess that's why I don't feel so much pressure because they kind of reference the fairy tales throughout. It's like a running joke throughout. Like her calling Noah daddy mm-hmm. bear the whole time. <laughs> yes. So it's oh, like less a retelling than inspired by a fairy tale, I guess. We haven't read the first Little Red Riding Hood book yet. Does that take place in the same world as the Three Bears duet? Yeah, so it centers on Lou, um, Rhea's friend in the original book. So that was, it's been fun for me because she's a human and I haven't written a human character before. <laughs> so she has nice. no wow, supernatural that's abilities. that's first for you. Yeah. So that's fun. And then the guys are all shifters, so that little element of mystery as she has no idea what is going on (laughs) i i will definitely read it but i have to wait until it's done because i can't (laughs) with cliffhangers and waiting for the next book (laughs) (laughs) gotten a lot of shit about this cliffhanger don't worry it'll be done probably by christmas maybe to have it out by christmas okay (laughs) glad to hear it (laughs) Uh, So speaking of that, that leads right into my next question. Mm. Um, In addition to the Red Riding Hood books, are you planning any other spinoff books that are based in your already existing universes? Yeah, I'd like to do a couple more fairy tales. Um, And then Grace's universe. I don't have a good name for that universe. (laughs) I need to come up with a name for it. Um, that That has a lot of stuff planned for it, so... Oh yeah, quite a big thing. Yeah, so there's her her series is five books, and then uh, her cousin Mercy will get her own series, and then there'll be like a next generation type thing. So ooh, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be like my big universe. But um, I'd like to go back to my my fantasy books as well. So like my Fae and Dragon series are set in a fantasy world. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, all my ideas for Faye are all Academy, I don't know if people are like kind of burned out on Academy books. They're a really big thing. I think ages. there's always an audience. Yeah. There's always an audience <laughs> for Academy Yeah, books. people are always looking for recommendations, and I'm like, there's literally so many, but like, I don't, I don't know, I, was, I like to read them. I felt like that's all I read for about a year and a half, so even I like needed a little break. <laughs> now I'm ready to get back into it. <laughs> Are we going to get a spinoff series about Rhea's brothers and their whole drama with their love life? Yes, that is one of the ones that I have planned. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Ash, how do you feel with them being brothers? I know this is a Sorry, big quick contention for you. I feel like I've gotten a lot better with it. I mean... <laughs> I think that, I don't know, I think it, that it would be really good. I, I really liked her brothers as characters, and not that I didn't like, you know, like, the three bear shifter brothers, <laughs> but, like, I really am interested in learning more about Rhea's brothers. And I feel it like is. after reading Find Me, like, I'm maybe a little bit more open, <laughs> and I, I don't know why. I don't know whether it's because, like, they're just, like, kind of chill about it in that book, like, oh, yeah, like, we're just gonna talk, and this is gonna be fine. When I started writing this, I didn't even think about it, but my husband was like, what are you working on? And I was like, I'm doing this Goldilocks thing with three brothers. <laughs> He's the youngest of three brothers. He's, do you, like, do we need to talk about this? <laughs> like, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it's like, is the youngest one like really weird and annoying? <laughs> oh no. Like, I know, it's like, don't tell your, your mother what your I wrote. <laughs> Um, so does his family know what type of books you write? This is totally like, I don't know, I just thought of this question right now. So like, yes, but I kind of, I kind of undersold it. I was like, yeah, I like pretty much write sort of Twilight books, but smuttier. Because we're in lockdown, we've been doing these like family Zoom calls and one of the, we did a quiz and one of the questions for my brother-in-law is what is Colette's pen name? And everybody got it right. So... Oh. I'm not as discreet oh, no. as I thought I was. <laughs> but everybody's been really cool about it, so that's good. <laughs> Have they been doing research on the side? How did they find your pen name? My mother-in-law's like, well, I buy all your books to support you, but I don't read them because you don't want me to. It's like, are you sure you don't read them? <laughs> I <Like, laughs> promise that you're not going to read them. 
That's what I joked about with Sarah. I was like, if when we get printed copies, I'm going to get one for my parents, but I'm going to glue it all together. So <laughs> it'll just be like a brick that yeah. says my name on it, but you can't actually read what's written inside of it. That's, that's a good strategy. That is a good strategy. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Sarah does something similar with her parents. Oh, I, I have some, seen some authors do so like cool. fade to black versions that they give to their family. That sounds like a lot of work. I know. Like, I'm not wow. nice enough to do that. Oh, that's you're that they're very dedicated people. <laughs> I've seen videos on TikTok of authors who have gone through their books and have like torn out the pages <laughs> that they don't want their families to read and given them that copy. <laughs> Just go through and black out all the <laughs> sexy scenes. I mean, it's one strategy. Why not? <laughs> the thing with the reverse harem, though, is it's like it's already a lot, even without the sexy. That'd still be like, but That's why true. has she got so many boyfriends? <laughs> yeah, trying to explain Because that. why not? Because why not? Exactly. Oh my gosh. If, so I know that this might be a difficult question for you. <laughs> if you had to choose between any of the harems that you've created so far, which do you think would be the best fit for you? I believe you're going to make me choose between my babies. So <laughs> I feel like of all of all my books, my first female main character is are most similar to me so Fee from the Empath Found series so I guess her harm because she's most like me and they fit her yeah but I, I don't know of course you had to like choose the OG one that babies. Ash and I haven't read yeah. yet <laughs> I know like, you have like a pretty big catalog Colette like it's it would take us so much time to read like every single book you've written I know I can't I have too many ideas. My brain, like, can't work fast enough to get them all down. I felt that way looking at uh, Grace McGinty's back catalog after we interviewed her. I was like, I feel unprepared. <laughs> like, I already interviewed her, and I'm like, I should have read more before we I did know, this. and she was just like, oh, yeah, like, I'll come on there with you guys. Like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> that woman has written, like, 80 books. It's insane. You know, some people are so fast. She really is, like... She's very, very fast, and I don't there's, know there's how authors her, I, her brain does it. Some authors I follow on Facebook will be like, yeah, I had like a 20k word day. Like, how? What? It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> can't concentrate for that long. I feel like I'm more of a perfectionist, too. Like, I can't just, like, belt out a ton of stuff. Like, I have to be in the mood to write, and it has to, like, feel authentic as I'm writing it. <laughs> yes. And the same. All right, last question for me, then Ash will get into her questions. Who are some of your favorite reverse harem authors or overall romance authors? It's just so hard. I could go for, like, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and it changes well, all like the time. When, when they're your friends, too, it's hard yeah. to be like, oh, yeah. But at the moment in reverse harem, I'm really loving, I always love Sam Hall, Catherine Moon, um, Caroline Peckham and Susan Valenti. Uh, Tia Snow, Rory Miles, Marie Mystery, Lex Robinson, Lola Rock. There's so many. There's so many. Um, and romance in general, I have read almost everything by Suzanne Wright. Her books are like, I don't know, they're like comfort reads. It's all like mm -hmm. delicious, wolf shifter, smutty stuff. Um, and contemporary, I love Tessa Bailey. Tessa Bailey. I've read like the least amount of contemporary of everything that I've ever read. Yeah, same. Yeah, probably, Ash. <laughs> I mostly read Paranormal, to be fair, but when Tessa Bailey releases something, I will always read it. Just, like, kind of in that yeah. stage. I'm trying to think, who are my one-click authors? Like, Well, I know who it was for a long time, but... Yeah. Um, I would say Lola Rock now. After reading Pack Darling, she oh, has, like, so my whole good. entire heart. <laughs> um, What else? Jaybree. I will read anything that Jaybree puts out. That woman is just absolute magic. I want to read Broken Bonds this week. <laughs> I, there's I just so many. Uh, speaking of Tessa Bailey, though, uh, Sarah sent me It Happened One Summer as my birthday present from her, so I have that in paperback now to read. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> she, she sent it with the note, now you have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Ash, you want to get into your questions? Alright, so so my first question is, 
How did you get into writing and what spurred you to become an author full time? And I know that we discussed this a little bit, but I thought it was also a good question to have out here on the podcast. Totally. It's kind of like maybe a bit of a weird journey because <laughs> um, I sort of fell we into We like this. weird here. <laughs> Wait. So I re- released my first book um, the start of 2020. So I had my daughter was like one-ish. Um, in the year before that, we'd been living in this really small town and I was struggling with my mental health, like just kind of feeling like I'm someone's mum. <laughs> like who am I outside of being someone's mum? Mm-hmm. So I was reading a lot that was like my coping mechanism and I read about 500 books, <laughs> which were wow pretty much all paranormal romance. I'm quite a fast reader, so I was like just real down on life and read heaps of paranormal romance books. Um, so the start of 2020, it was my New Year's resolution to write a book. It's like, like a mental health challenge kind of thing, you know, just to see if I could do it. Um, and as I was writing it, I decided it was going to be a trilogy, felt like a trilogy. <laughs> so I wrote The Terrible Gift in a month. <laughs> I didn't let anybody read it. I just published it. <laughs> I didn't oh tell God. anybody. It was like super weird about it. I didn't have a Facebook group. <laughs> I wasn't even in like the reverse home reader group. Like I just had no idea what I was doing. No social media presence. Um, but I really enjoyed the process. So I'll keep writing just, you know, because I enjoyed it. And then I had 11 pre-orders for book two, you guys. I was so excited. It's like 11 people oh. want to read my book. That 11 whole pre-orders. I know. My husband was like, really? That's like, I'm so impressed. But it is like exciting when it, you're, you know, a new and up and coming. Like any, the fact that anybody wants to pre-order something that you wrote, it's like. Yeah. It's like amazed that anybody wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and then there's like two months between releasing books two and three and it kind of picked up from there and it was like in the hundreds for the third pre-order which was terrifying oh that's awesome <laughs> it was i i don't know it was just i got lucky i guess i don't really know what happened um it was terrifying <laughs> yeah I was, I was like really intimidated still didn't have a facebook group it wasn't until my fourth book that i was like brave enough to even make a facebook group it's like nobody's gonna join it'll be so awkward <laughs> Um, just you and like four other people <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, so <laughs> pretty much. Because <laughs> it's just I don't know. Like I didn't really do any research or planning, so but it it, it all worked out really well. So it's an unexpected career change. I'm very like grateful and have to pinch myself all the time that I get to do this. Like as my life, it's amazing. And I love hearing you know those kind of stories, especially like as someone who went through you know I was a stay-at-home mom for a year after Emmy was born and struggled with postpartum depression and like you said kind of losing your identity and you're just kind of like oh I'm just someone's mom now and also like the fact that COVID was a thing and none of my other friends had kids so we were like the only one that had a child it's like it can be really isolating so you need those kind of things that you do for yourself and I definitely think that um you know writing is a good way to handle all of those emotions and like have something that's just your own outside of being a parent um so i learned recently that you do all of your own covers and create you know all of your promotional materials so like all of your instagram posts everything (laughs) um so can you talk to us a little bit about that are you like a perfectionist control freak type of person (laughs) how did you get these (laughs) mad skills i've never been good at delegating like I literally pay my proofreader to proofread my work and then I get upset whenever he finds stuff because I just want it to be <laughs> right off the bat. Um, but in my, in my pre-author life, I worked in marketing. Not like cool marketing, like I worked for law firms and stuff, like pretty, pretty dull corporate type things. But I had to do a lot of uh. graphic design, um, Photoshop, that kind of thing. So when I when I published my first book, I basically just had no money, so I was like, I'll just make my own cover, and I'm just a control freak, which is why I keep doing it now, even though like indie publishing like 101 is don't design your own covers, but I just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they just look so good though, and like just the theme that you have going on, like with the gold and the black, like <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's just gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. 
and I really like doing are really good. covers without people. So <laughs> moving more towards covers without people on them. I like when they look kind of like art on their own. So that's what I'm moving toward. I'm totally down for more <laughs> romance covers without people on the front. <laughs> It's hard because yeah, I think that's really what Ash and I prefer. Like especially like Willow's covers, oh, like Willow so Hadley's uh, artistic covers are some of my favorites. Uh, of Moons and Monsters cover is my absolute oh, favorite. It's, it's so stunning. good. The problem so with Indies good. is like we all use the same stock images, and so <laughs> with mm-hmm. people, you know, you see the same models pop up constantly. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> there are some who are like identical too, where like how it's used in the covers. Oh, like the cute like, but I... psycho on Dark River, like <laughs> girl, like uh-huh. flat. <laughs> or like I showed you guys the um, the Forsyth University covers, like Lords of Pain, Lords of Wrath. Those models are used in another. I can't remember the other series. But, like, it's exactly the same, except some of the uh, guys' faces are photoshopped differently. But the girl is exactly the same in all of them. So, uh, like, what's so going on with to find the armpit? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Run Riot is one of our favorite books that we've read of yours. And I think, like, it's one of my favorite books in general. Um, and it's such an interesting concept. So is this, like, a social commentary on religion? Or, like, what did you have in mind when you were, you know, creating this book and coming up with this universe? Um, it's a very deep question. <laughs> Which is unusual for me, because I'm usually very superficial with my questions. Give yourself more credit. You ask plenty yeah, of good you questions. You ask great questions. I've always been interested in, like, religious fundamentalism and cults. This all came about because I watched an episode of 19 Kids and Counting like eight years ago. <laughs> I just got like really fascinated <laughs> with there religious fundamentalism. It's weird. That's, that's how it starts yeah. for us, I feel like. The, the goddamn duggers. Yeah. I was like, this is so interesting. <laughs> so I did, I like read a lot of books about like fundamentalist Mormons and just cults in general um, and fundamentalist Baptists, which is. Dugger brand <laughs> um, but I wanted to do like an angels and demons type thing where the angels were a little more like morally grey I guess a lot a lot more about appearances rather than the actual ideology or the ideology gets lost <laughs> which I feel like is appearances. a lot of religion yeah mm-hmm. the idea of like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing but not, not yeah, actually like, doing know. what you're s- supposed to be doing <laughs> just like kind of taking things at face value instead of you know actually being a good person yeah like that is definitely the agathos and more like everybody has to look like they're doing the right thing but whether they're actually doing the right thing or not is is up for debate and i liked that the i don't even know if i'm pronouncing this right but i'm gonna say damons i think that is the greek pronunciation um are just very like upfront about who they are and what they are and what they believe or don't believe. Yeah, just a little living room cocaine in the morning. <laughs> like, it's totally fine. I kind of forgot about that until you guys mentioned it last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we loved it so much. It's so funny. Like, oh, he's just such an amazing character. Like, I love him. <laughs> I do really love Ryan. And so... um how do you, and we talked, we touched base on this a little bit, but how do you balance being a mom during COVID and being a full-time author, you know, which is a stay-at-home job, <laughs> Yeah, work-from-home job? I mean, usually it's not so bad, like, so my daughter would go to kindy, um, and then I, those are, like, my work hours, and I treat them very much like I'm going into the office and I do nothing else, basically. Um, but at the moment... It's a lot of late nights and I'm not a night owl, so, but I also can't motivate myself to get up at like five in the morning and write either, so I just suffer. Mm. Um, and like I'll be trying to write like a smutty scene in the middle of the day with Frozen on in the background. <laughs> I just, oh, that's like the per- perfect atmosphere for that, for totally, sure. definitely sets the scene. Um, but yeah, I don't know. At the moment it's chaotic, it's just like I'm trying to be quite easy on myself because I know that I'm not going to hit the targets that I would usually hit and so just trying to give myself a little bit of grace 
I mean, really, I feel like that's that's all that all of us can do through all of this. Yeah. It's an interesting time. It's a very interesting time. Yeah. I'd be so productive if I didn't have a toddler running around. That's so nice. They're just so Listen, cute, toddlers are the antithesis of productivity. <laughs> no one blames you there. Like, today I was, like, kind of on a roll, and then she's like, you promised we were going to make gingerbread. Oh, I did. <laughs> Come back to this later. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, like, I feel like your daughter is, like, at that age, whereas mine, it's like, oh, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, mine's three and a half, so she remembers stuff a lot now. It's very inconvenient that she calls me up on the things that I said I'd do. And this kind of also ties into that last question. What does your creative process look like? Are you like sit down with a cup of coffee and write? Are you strict with your word counts per day? I mean, I'm not talking like 20K <laughs> strict, but. That would be amazing. Imagine how many books I could really spare at 20K words a day. You wild. Right? Uh, <laughs> I do word counts per week. I found that that works better for me because. Like, some days if I didn't hit what I thought I was going to hit, then I'd feel kind of down on myself. So um, I give myself a week, and then, like, I'll write a bit more on the weekend if I need to catch up, and it gives me a bit more flexibility. Um, always coffee. Definitely always <laughs> coffee. <involved. laughs> um, if I'm writing something that's quite, like, emotional, like a pivotal-type moment, generally I handwrite, because um, it helps me concentrate. <laughs> Can't get distracted Ooh. by Facebook if I'm like just using pen and paper and just have my brain kind of thing. So, mm. but yeah, other than that, and then I just listen to Spotify all day. <laughs> I think that you're our first interview that's been like, oh yeah, like I'll sit down and handwrite out some scenes. Like, it's an interesting technique <laughs> also to keep yourself focused. It is, yeah. Otherwise, I just end up like on Facebook or Pinterest or whatever. <laughs> if it's something I really need to concentrate on, it's yeah better if I do it on pen and paper, and then just like have to type it all up. So it's a very like long process. What are you like? What do you have in the works? And we kind of talked about this a little bit in our previous, you know, questions. Um, you know about how many books you were looking for for like the State of Grace series. But what do you have in the works? Like, what's your, you know kind of your plan for the next year in regards to your series i am working on silver bullet right now which is the sequel to run riot um and that's at like 70k words so it's coming along really well it's coming out on halloween um after that will be the second part of the little red duet and seeing red <laughs> gotta like it's such a weird switch going from State of Grace to these like <laughs> cheeky fairy tale books that are kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's a big tone change. Yeah, there's a lot more like jokes and less heavy themes. So it's nice, it like gives my brain a little break. Um, so the plan is to have that out in December and I also promised my readers that I would do a box set of the Empath Found books with bonus content. So I'm going to work on that over the summer. Our summer is December to February. Because my husband's a teacher, my daughter's off school, like, it'll be nice to just do something kind of light and easy while they're home and we can do things. I'm not very good at, like, work-life balance. I just want to write all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to force myself to take some time off in summer. You deserve it. Yeah, I need, like, a little bit of a break. And then, yeah, I've got the State of Grace book. We'll have three more in that series. And then maybe a sneaky Omegaverse next year. Ooh. <laughs> Very exciting. Ooh. I started writing it, but I don't have a date for that yet, so we shall see. Do you ever need any ARC readers for that? <laughs> if, you never, if you ever need any ARC readers for anything, <laughs> Ash and I are very much available. I'll take you up on that. I just try to be very casual with it instead of, like, <laughs> me wanting to bug Grace and be like, hey! Got any copies of Frenzy <laughs> that you're just dying to hand out? I like for real though, though. Grace, Grace, if you're listening, please. <laughs> I'm so easy, honestly. People message me on Instagram. They're like, "Are you doing arts?" I'm like, "What's your email address?" <laughs> don't, like, don't put any thought into this at all. I think I read when Grace sent us the arc of Manix. I read it in what, like. 10 hours, Sam? Like, it's like, yeah, you finished <laughs> it before I did, which is, like, very unheard of. I stayed up all night and finished it. That's a very addictive book, though. I read Manic's oh, very so fast. Good. I just love Ellerin Seven so much. <laughs> just, 
I feel like the alphas, I was just like indifferent, but. <laughs> Give me a good beta any day of the week. And Raiden's just so cute. That like group scene. Like, whoo! And this is always my favorite question to ask everyone that we interview. Go ahead and name us what your dream harem would be. <laughs> Anybody that you want to include. Celebrities, book characters, your own characters. We'll take them all. I decided to do only book characters and not my own book characters. Otherwise, it would just be a harem of all my own book characters. <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking about it, they're all like kind of characters that I read about like two years ago and they all just made such an impression in my mind that they're still there. So... Um, my original brooding asshole book boyfriend is Austin from Kit Davenport. Yes! I love him. Um, love Austin. Both Darius and Orion from Zodiac Academy. Oh, they're so good. Fantastic <laughs> choices. Um, Gabe from the Evelyn Maynard trilogy. And I have that downloaded to read. I haven't read it yet. So, so good. Uh, and Rhyme from To Tame a Shifter by A.K. Coons. She's so good. I haven't read that, but I love a good shifter book, so... They're dragon shifters. Sure There's some MM in there for you. Yeah, she should read that one. Oh. <laughs> my husband, the other day, was listening to our episode, and my husband was like, wow, I had no idea that you were, like, that into that. He was like, sorry to disappoint you. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> Wait, which episode was he listening to, Ash? Because that could be any episode. <laughs> it was the one, I think it was It was the one where we were talking about Colette's books. And I think it was gotcha. specifically where I said, like, oh, because there's their brothers, there's no MM going on. No, or it might have been when I was talking about Blood Nor Money, where there was no MM and how, how it was a missed opportunity in my eye. Yes. There will be some MM in the State of Grace series. This will be my first, my first foray into this. It's always been like more of like a nerves thing. Like I just don't want to get it wrong, kind of thing. So, yeah. You really Let's piqued see. my interest here. <laughs> like you weren't gonna read it in the first place. <laughs> I mean, I was, but I'm excited now. I'm assuming it has to be with Bullet, right? I mean, he's a little like more on the like flamboyant mm. side. We shall see. I don't know. I th I feel like Riot's down for anything. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Riot is just you know down to do whatever, but. <laughs> Maybe it's Dare. I don't know. You'll have to find out. Maybe it's the mysterious third person that everyone struggles to guess. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's hard. <laughs> We're just going to have to have um, to wait for the progression. Yeah. Sam actually did get it right, but, but don't tell anybody, because Sam's the only person that guessed it right. Yes! <laughs> I was so excited about that. I didn't intend for it to be oh a mystery. It wasn't until it came out and everyone was guessing that I was like, oh, I guess I wasn't obvious enough. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected bonus. I feel vindicated <laughs> right now. I'm jealous. All right, we want to jump into fan questions? I can ask them, Ash. Absolutely. All right, so these are from uh, some friends on Facebook from Rory Miles. Rory would like to know uh, how much weed was smoked <laughs> when Colette was younger, and how did those experiences translate to the Three Bears duet? Now, Colette, I don't know the stance of legality in weed <laughs> in New Zealand, legal. but please don't incriminate yourself <laughs> on our podcast. You can say Thanks someone that, Rory. I know. <laughs> like, hypothetically, <laughs> it would have had to be, like, a really long time ago. <laughs> okay, noted. So here in the United States... <laughs> We can pretend that Colette lives in Colorado <laughs> for the purposes of this episode. <laughs> it's really like, I had no idea what it, my editor corrected a whole bunch of stuff. Who is in the U.S.? Or like, somewhere where it's legal. And he was like, no, this is not right. Like, she can't carry the joint like this. It would get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> That's Editing for believability yeah. with smokers. With marijuana. Very grateful for your input. Thank you. I mean, that's sometimes there's just some things that you can't Google. You need that, that insider expertise. Yeah. He plays a lot of video games, and so he'll correct me if I, like, use weapons wrong and stuff. Oh, that's helpful, Yeah, too. <laughs> it's very helpful. I don't know anything about, like, grenades. I'll, I literally... Sorry to completely get us off track. This is a... You on a tangent? Uh, yeah, I know. Trademark <laughs> Sam tangents. Um... 
I was reading, this will come up in books that I read this week, but I was reading the Hades series, and there's this whole plot line of a character who comes back from supposedly being dead after being shot in the head. And he was able to survive being shot in the head because he says he has a titanium plate in his head. So here I am reading this series, and I'm, like, talking to Andrew through it. And I'm like, I need you to tell me, like, using physics, if this is actually possible or this is just all made up bullshit. So I'm, like, walking him through this, and he's like, okay, what was the caliber of the gun? How close was she? Like, we're having a whole, (laughs) discussion over the believability of this plot point. I don't think Tate James intended for it to be taken that seriously. I feel like we did a lot of those um, same things in uh, Havoc, where we were like, where we were like, no, like this is not possible, and like the car stuff. Like, yes. We always consult with Andrew, who's like our expert on like believability. Yeah, he. But I feel like that's always his top critique whenever I'm telling him about anything that I'm reading. He's like, that bullshit would not happen. So whenever I need like. A third-party opinion over the believability of a plot point. He's my go-to. Oh, yeah. Five partners. Like, that's totally fine. <laughs> but the physics of the titanium plate in the head, like, that's, that's where we draw the line. If anyone would like to know the outcome of this discussion, the outcome was that titanium is very hard, but it will shatter under, uh, like, pinpoint force. So in Andrew's not-professional opinion... The titanium plate probably would have deflected the bullet, but it would have shattered inward and would have caused brain damage regardless. So the guy should have died regardless, in Andrew's non-professional opinion. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> it's really horrifying imagery. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Conversations in My House. <laughs> Seriously, though, Sam husband is the best and I love it like when we're about to record and he like comes into the room and it's just like like yelling things or like I brought you an energy drink or like I brought you like a truly he's he is always bringing me things uh he's the best all right back on track end of Sam tangent uh second question from Rory Miles what do you want to do most for your readers make them laugh make them cry make them swoon etc kind of depends on the book <laughs> the fairy tale books I really hope people laugh be like a bit awkward if they're not mm-hmm. laughing um but I get like really bone deep satisfaction when people tell me they cried <laughs> and like any of my books just makes me feel so powerful that's <laughs> Sam with all of your books yeah. so every single one achieved that it's weird to me to think like the words in my head can have that kind of emotional effect on people so it's quite I don't know it's quite a thrilling feeling but I do hope people laugh as well Oh, definitely. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People laugh. Like, your books are amazing. (laughs) All right. And then some other questions from Facebook. These are from Caitlin Mooney. Caitlin wants to know, where do you find your inspiration? And I would assume that uh, this is in general, but I feel like it would be different per book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of everywhere. Like, The Three Bears was inspired by a meme. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's, like, the best kind of inspiration, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) That has never happened before or since. That was a one-off. Um... Run Riot. I was driving to my friend's house and the song came on my Spotify. It's called I'll Be Good by James Young. And it just like perfectly formed Riot in my mind. Like that whole song just makes me think of Riot. Um, and the whole series came off the back of that song, basically. <laughs> um, do you have a playlist wow. for the series? Yeah, I do. I should share them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the idea of a burlesque dancing ancient vampire came to me while I was doing the dishes, just totally out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I really wish that more people read that book because I loved it <laughs> yeah I've learned since that people tend not to like like ancient characters as a general rule like there's something people seem to prefer like FMCs who discover their abilities or like get turned or whatever rather than people who already know what they are I've had that feedback a lot but I keep writing them anyway like Grace knows exactly what she is Rhea knows exactly what she is I don't know. Personal preference, I guess. I feel like it's very much like a young adult thing to have characters like, oh, like, I just discovered that this is what I am, you know, because of that whole, like, young adult, like, growing into, like, yeah. 
who you are as a person. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of like it when people just know what they are, too. I did it with um, Faye, my first character. Like, she didn't know she was Faye. Um, she's also the youngest female character that I've ever written. Most of my female characters are, like, 25 plus. So maybe a little more settled. And then, like, the guys in the three bits are in their 30s. Which I love. <laughs> I get so yeah. tired of, like, young characters just the farther away i get from my 20s yeah (laughs) let's age up characters my husband's a high school teacher so i get like a little bit squicked out (laughs) i can't read high school books anymore a hundred percent yes yes (laughs) sam and i I... always talk about our teachers that we had in high school that were hot too (laughs) i know i think about that and i'm like oh my gosh it's been so uncomfortable having like 14 year olds (laughs) (laughs) Flushing <laughs> over them. Yes. I can, yes, 100%. <laughs> I also, I love a strong female main character who, like, knows what she's about, though. Like, I can't imagine, like, there is something to be said about a female main character, like, developing her strength and seeing what she's able to do throughout the series. But, like, you see characters like Lips from Hannaford Prep, who's, like, a 100% badass bitch from the very beginning of the series. Like, she's amazing. I love her so much. Like, there, you can have a balance. I don't think it needs to be one or the other. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I love about Hannaford Prep. Like, that, that that balance is perfect. I haven't read Hannaford Prep because of the high school thing. <gasps> <laughs> I know, I know. I need to just get you over haven't? and, like, age them up in my head. <laughs> that's, that's what I had to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very easily aged up just because of how they, like, speak and act. Oh, okay. Harley. Sweet. I know everyone reads it and I'm like I have FOMO I need to read this series it's so good I'm t- Jabri is like my ultimate one click love her so much uh, alright last question this one also from Caitlin Mooney what are your favorite and least favorite parts about writing <laughs> well editing is my least favorite part that's <laughs> for sure <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't write in order like I just very much whatever my muse tells me to write that day that's what I write so then I have like 60 scenes and then I tie them all together with transitions and stuff so editing for me is a really hefty process <laughs> would be a lot easier if it I just wrote them in order but I can't do that like it. Um, my favourite part is like when I just get into a new project and I write whatever I want and go on Pinterest and make playlists <laughs> like fuck around <laughs> basically <laughs> that's, all, that's all the fun that stuff is- <laughs> That is the, like, I've obviously only written, I'm working on one book, but I think that that's the most fun part. It's like, oh, this is what the character looks like, and this is the song that I want to use for this scene that I haven't even finished writing yet. (laughs) It's like going on a a brand new adventure. It's all very thrilling. And then editing is just like unpacking your suitcase when you come home, (laughs) doing all the laundry. When you've read your own book like 50 times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what it's like editing our podcast episode it's great it's great recording them and i have to listen to our voices over and over again i'm so sorry you have to like listen to my laugh or my cat or me fidgeting <laughs> it's always great texting ash about how many times her cat meowed in the background of an episode <laughs> i like it. it's like it's an easter bottle egg works. you gotta like watch out for the cat or me playing with something like a pen cap and Sam's like is your workspace free of all distractions I believe I threatened at one point when I was over at your house I was going to hide all of the writing utensils that were like within (laughs) and reaching distance of your desk I have been a lot better I feel like recently though you have been it's the it's the markers that drive me nuts where you're uncapping and recapping the marker over and over again throughout the episode. I also like now that I record in the basement, I sit near my like my like furnace. So like I don't know, it's kinda like going a little bit, so I think it provides a little white noise, hopefully, and kinda blurs mm-hmm. out some of that. So <laughs> I know, I'm a fucking mess. <laughs> All right, we ready to jump into what we were reading this week? Absolutely. Okay, so this week I finished Find Me by Ashley Rostek. It was amazing. I loved it. I'm so ready for the second book. I was completely emotionally invested. I cried like five different times. Um, 
I also read the whole Hades series by Tate James. That would be the series I was referring to when I was talking about anticlimactic endings. Which, that's going to be, like, a hot take, I feel like, because... It's fine, that'll be my hot take. But I feel like if, in your author's note at the end of the series, you have to justify why you didn't wrap up every loose end and, like, talk about, like, unsatisfying endings being a part of your writing style, like, you probably know that it wasn't the most satisfying ending to a series that you could have written. And, I mean, if that's an intentional choice that she's making, go for it. Like, you as an author have complete art artistic ability to do whatever you want in your works but I mean like obviously that has been a common critique if she already felt like at the beginning that she needed to justify it in an author's note at the end of the book and I Um, straight up said like I couldn't get into the Hades series like I I tried to read that probably like I don't know six or seven months ago and I just couldn't and I felt the same way about Madison Kate and like every single time like a character was like Madison Kate I was like annoyed (laughs) So what I'm not a dumb name. Like no, I'm not trying to like give any Tate James hate because like I feel like you know she's a very well respected author, but like her books other than Kit Davenport are just not for me. And I loved Kit Davenport and I blazed through it. Yeah, I I definitely feel like her series can be hit or miss. Uh, for me in particular, I know there are a lot of people in the RH community that are, Tate James is a one click author for them, but I've her writing style it doesn't connect with me as much as other authors I feel and I told Ashley like I've saw people like sobbing over the Haiti series on TikTok like really emotionally invested I couldn't get emotionally invested in the series at all it is rare for me to not cry at a book that is like really supposed to be like pulling at your heartstrings especially with like books three and four in this series I did not cry once reading this series which oh, is a man. big deal for me yeah it's a big deal Sam's a crier I'm such a crier. Um, I also read the latest Reborn book uh, in the series by M. Sinclair. It came out on my birthday. I already read it in one day. The last book is coming out next year. Right now, her release date is for August of next year. I'm hoping it comes out sooner I'm than sure that. sure it'll get moved this, this left off of a huge cliffhanger, and I'm just like, I want to know how the series ends. Um, this week, I am planning on doing some beta reading for Ashley and Sarah's book. So it's my plan to get through that. And then I also want to start on Caroline and Suzanne's um, rewriting of book one in Zodiac Academy from the boys' perspective. I just want to see what was going on in Darius and Orion's head throughout all of book one. I'm excited. Oh, it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be, there's just, it's going to it be so hurts, much Lionel hate. Honestly. Like, oh. I did read that one and it's very painful. <laughs> 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 it's like hard going back, you know. It's like been a lot oh, of character yeah, yeah. development since then, and then you read it, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's such assholes." <laughs> the turmoil that the girls went through in the beginning—it's just I—I I don't know if I can go through that. And I think that somebody was saying that they thought that um, Brutal Boys of Everlake prep the bullying was worse, and I was like, "Ah, I don't no, know." No. <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. Zodiac Academy. Definitely like, worse than Zodiac. Yeah. It fucking Zodiac ruins is like the you. worst I've ever read, I think, for Bullion. It's my favorite series of all time. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like when you purposefully dig up someone's greatest fears and then enact yeah. their greatest fears, that's peak <laughs> bullying right savage. there. Yes. <laughs> where it's like those things actually happened, where like some of the things in Brutal Boys, like. I mean, I won't say specifically, but if you read it, you know that the character was made to think one thing and then it didn't actually happen. And, like, the whole, like, fish soup thing, like, that's not really that bad. I mean, it's, like, I mean, it seems pretty awful. I wouldn't want it to happen. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but, like, that's not the same as, like, it's not like, you know, Tatum's greatest fear was fish soup poured over her. (laughs) And, I mean, I still think about, like, the cake, like, the snack cake scene from Brutal Boys. Like, what is oh it with them God, with, like, cake play? <laughs> Caroline and Suzanne, I need you to not purposely give your characters yeast infections, please. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Ash, what did you read this week? Oh, so this week I finished I Married a Naga, and it is book two of the Prime Mating Agency by Regine Abel, and I love this book so much. Um, I'm going to say Zorro. Zorro? 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 Sure. 
Um, I thought he was an amazing mate. And I loved that Serena was a more diverse female main character. Um, you know, she has darker skin, um, more natural hair. And I loved that. And he loved that. And like their relationship was just so cute. And like the chemistry that they had from the beginning was so different compared to, um, you know, Alex and I married a lizard man. Um, so yeah, it was just, uh, it was so cute, and, like, his, like, spiny naga dick was, like, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Um, so if you're looking for a nice alien romance, it's one that I would recommend, and it's a short read. It's, like, you know, just, like, a little feel-good little alien little romance that you can read um, if you need a palate cleanse. And then I also started reading Ensnared by Tiffany Roberts because this is who I am now. I just read monster and alien stuff. It's taking me a little bit of time to get into it, so I don't know if I'm going to continue. We'll see. Um, because I really want to read Good Girl by Sam Hall because that was released today. And Colette said that it has a lot of male-on-male action in it, so that's always does. my scene. So I'm probably <laughs> going to pick that up. Uh, I read, what did I read by Sam Hall? I read a whole Reverse Harem Wolf Shifter series by Sam Hall that was solid. Um, so I might pick up Good Girl as well. It's really good. Sarah and I actually got invited to be a part of an Omegaverse anthology that Sam Hall will also be in. Ooh. So we'll have a little novella in that. Exciting. All right, Colette, what did you read this week? I read so much this week. <laughs> Which, and I feel like, Colette, you always read so much for a writer. Yeah, I mean, more at the moment because of lockdown and, like, just needing to escape reality a little bit. 90% of what I read this week I blame Ashley for. <laughs> I read a bit of Ice Planet Barbarians because I had FOMO and everybody was reading them. And then I listened to the Alien Summer episodes. And then... Even though I always am like, I don't read aliens. I don't read aliens. That's like my one thing that I don't read. Choosing Theo sounded really good. <laughs> so I read Choosing Theo. And then I read Freeing Luca. And then I read I Married a Lizard Man. And then <laughs> I read I Married an Aga. So I guess that I now read alien books. I cannot really say that I don't I read know. alien books. Ashley converted you officially. <laughs> she seriously did. Um, and I also read Good Girl by Sam Hall. That is the perk of being in New Zealand is that we get things a day earlier because of the time zones so I read that yesterday um, it was amazing there is a side character called Colette in it I'm just gonna pretend that it's after me <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> so I never cute. see my name in anything um, it was really really good and I read Fighting Instincts by Lana Cole as well so some great Omegaverse books this week Omegaverse is like where it's at right now so yeah and then hopefully this week I'm going to read The Bone Witch by Ivy Asher I love Ivy Asher oh well, I want to read that too that's on my TBR as well I was so literally good. considering downloading that the other day yeah so I'm excited to read that series this week that's not Reverse Harem is it? no I don't think so I don't know if it's complete or not there's three out I don't know if that's all of them gotcha all right uh colette this is your promo time what do you got coming up that people need to know about i'm like i'm terrible at this um <laughs> i have silver bullet coming out on halloween uh that is book two in the series book one is out right now it's called run riot um and if you want to keep up with me i am most active on instagram at colette Rhodes underscore author or in my facebook group where you can get exclusive teasers giveaways and the latest news how was that? That was pretty promo-y. That was good. That was perfect. <laughs> this is very professional. Thank you. Me just heading over to join Colette's Same. Facebook. Same. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me get on in here. What's your Facebook group called, it's Colette? It's just Colette Rhodes Reader Group. Got it. And join. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I love your laugh, Sam. It makes me laugh. Uh, there's, like, a running joke in my family, especially on my mom's side of the family, that all of the women on my mom's side of the family have very distinctive laughs. So, like, when we're all together, it's, it can be a little <laughs> overwhelming. I feel like people say that with my sister and I. Like, our voices are pretty much exactly the same. 
and it's like Chris can't stand being in the same room with both of us like when we're having an in-depth conversation <laughs> oh my gosh all right any final thoughts before we go to the outro thank you so much for being on with us Colette yes thank, thank you. you for having me this has been lovely yeah, this was a really was so fun good. one all right thank you for listening to this week's episode of smut and spice please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts join us next week when we discuss the stalker sensation hunting <laughs> <laughs> adeline by hd carlton you can find us on instagram and tiktok at smut and spice pod we'd love it if you would share our podcast with friends and on social media if you have any book recommendations send them our way and if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode reach out we would love to have you a special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!